During the summers as I was growing up, one of my favorite activities was joining my dad on a lake or river while he was fishing. He has always loved fishing and he used to tell me stories about how his dad taught him to fish when he was younger. My dad has a gift for knowing exactly when and where the fish will be biting and knowing when to let one go because a bigger fish was coming. I do not share this gift in the slightest. If the only way my family could eat was for me to catch fish, it would be a sad day in my house. Regardless, I had a blast laying in the sun on the back of my dad's boat and reading a good book. But it wasn't just a good company that made fishing trips such a joy. It was knowing that I would soon get to eat my favorite meal of all time. I'm a big fan of seafood and I'll take it any way I can get it. However, my dad's fried fish recipe is second to none. I think what makes it so special is that it doesn't matter what type of fish you use. His method of battering and frying complements every kind. My dad would usually bring home largemouth bass, but as we've already established that I literally repel fish, it shouldn't come as a shock that I normally pick up tilapia or cod from the grocery store. Regardless of how you come by the fish, battering and frying it according to my dad's recipe will leave you with a full belly and the memory of perfectly seasoned and perfectly flaky fish nuggets. But before we get into the details of how to achieve what will absolutely be the best fish you will ever try, I think it is important to understand where the key ingredient came from and how its place on our plate has evolved over time. Scrumptious Seafood, a Historical Affair The consumption of fish as a food source has been occurring since the beginning of mankind as we know it today. In fact, it is because of the consumption of fish that humans are as advanced as we are. As the Homo erectus were moving through the grasslands, they mostly relied on the leftovers of other predators for food. It wasn't until the climate took a change for the colder that the Homo erectus had the benefit of developing a new way of getting nutrients. The cooler climate of the Pleistocene period led to the creation of lakes in areas where there previously were none, such as in eastern Africa, where the Homo erectus are believed to have originated. These lakes provided a food group that was vital to human evolution in a way that was accessible to the Homo erectus, seafood. You might be asking yourself, what does fish have to do with humans today? Well, the answer is fatty acid. Specifically, seafood contains fatty acids that are crucial for brain development in humans, which would explain the popularity of fish oil on the supplement aisle of the grocery store. So, the story goes that the Homo erectus began eating seafood as a result of cooler climates, and because of the increased intake of the nutrients that seafood has to offer, they developed much larger brains over time. The increase in brain size eventually led to the development of advanced tools, technologies, and means of communication between each other. These are all qualities that we have come to associate with the early Homo sapiens. Not surprisingly, these advanced abilities gave Homo sapiens an evolutionary advantage over the other hominids around at this time, which is why they survived the test of time to eventually descend into what we know to be humans today. Fish has had a somewhat fluctuating history in terms of its dietary role. The agricultural revolution saw an increase in consumption of staple crops such as wheat and corn as opposed to food sources rich in protein, but it also saw an increase in the farming of animals such as cattle, goats, and sheep. Because it was a relatively easy-to-come-by source of protein, fish was often consumed primarily by people of lower socioeconomic status and looked down upon by the richer members of society. For example, in ancient Egypt, people in the higher echelons of society were more focused on cattle, goats, and the like, while the poor people harvested the seafood of the less-than-pure Nile River. This socioeconomic diet divide is largely due to the fact that other sources of protein were more expensive and laborious to cultivate even more so if you had the trade to get it. 
In the hierarchical systems of the ancient civilizations during the agricultural revolution, the people in charge were not going to give up their prized food groups, which left the poor people with a diet lacking in certain nutrients. They were forced to supplement it with whatever food they could find, some of the easiest of which just happened to be fish. Another interesting aspect of the history of the consumption of fish is the tie it has to certain religious practices. For some reason, when religious followers decide that killing animals for consumption is immoral, fish are not included in that prohibition. In Catholicism, for example, followers sought to commemorate Jesus' death, believed to be on a Friday, by refraining from eating red meat on Fridays. What came of this? The filet of fish meal at McDonald's. As Buddhism spread into the Japanese culture, its followers looked down upon killing animals for any reason, including as sources of food. Can you imagine which animals made the cut of acceptable animals to consume? That's right, it was fish. The fishing industry, like all other industries, was drastically impacted by the Industrial Revolution. One awesome result of the Industrial Revolution was the invention of the modern sushi roll in Japan. This quick food was put into production after someone figured out that the printing press could also be used to create large sheets of seaweed. The Japanese realized this could be used to wrap their two favorite foods, rice and fish, into a neat package, and the rest was history. The Industrial Revolution also set the stage, so to speak, for many developments that would be later to come. As masses of people migrated to urban centers to work in factories, and demand for food in these areas skyrocketed, production of food in every sector of the food pyramid had to increase. This would lead to the creation of the field of aquaculture down the road as fish farmers tried to meet the higher demand for seafood. Further, the high-paced nature of city life, sparked by the Industrial Revolution, would necessitate a more convenient method of purchasing meals, the fast food restaurant. Like most technological advancements made in the fishing industry, the creation of seafood-focused fast food restaurants occurred in the mid-20th century. The top two seafood-focused fast food restaurants, Long John Silver's and Captain D's, were both founded in 1969 in Kentucky and Tennessee, respectively. As can be imagined, this new form of fish consumption brought a higher demand for fish, which scientists were eager to meet using more advanced technologies. To do this, innovators got to work in revolutionizing fish farming using variations in feed technology, cage design, and breeding techniques. Moreover, scientists set to figure out how it would be possible to make the seafood industry more productive and economically efficient using genetic engineering. Now that we have a better understanding of the role of fish in our culinary history, we can get to cooking and discussing where fish stand, or better yet, swim, today. While we do that, you can go ahead and start cutting your fish of choice into bite-sized nuggets. When you're done with that, be sure to season both sides with salt and pepper. The Fishy Business of Seafood Politics Today, a hot topic in the news regarding the consumption of fish is regarding this genetic modification of fish. The reasoning is simple. The need and or desire to cultivate as many fish as possible using the least amount of resources possible. Known as industrial aquaculture, the expansion of the fish industry has turned fish farming from a small-scale economic endeavor to a large-scale production scheme that constitutes a huge portion of the global economy. In China alone, fish exports total at over $14 billion and employ more than 14 million people. The large-scale cultivation of fish would not be as economically productive for farmers if it were not for the ability to genetically modify the fish. There are at least 35 species of fish that are currently being genetically modified with the intention of human consumption, such as the hypercommon fish of tilapia, catfish, and salmon. In doing so, scientists have been able to make the fish grow larger, mature faster, 
and with resistance to common diseases. As a result, corporations are able to sell a much larger amount of fish to consumers at a low price while maintaining a high profit margin. Despite the economic benefit enjoyed on both the producer and consumer sides, more and more people are pushing for an end to the production of genetically engineered fish, citing both environmental and health concerns. Environmentally, the cultivation of genetically modified fish poses a potential threat to the biodiversity of both marine and freshwater ecosystems. If the genetically engineered species escape into the natural water sources, which has happened and is likely to continue happening, they have a significant evolutionary advantage over the natural fish species. As a result, the natural species will be overtaken by the GMOs and will die off, depleting the level of biodiversity present in these ecosystems. Further, the farmed fish could potentially pass on certain diseases to the natural habitats that natural fish don't have any resistance for, including parasites found in typical fish farms. Another risk that fish farming poses to marine and freshwater habitats is the improper disposal of farm wastes and nutrients that could be detrimental to the natural ecosystems. Cited health concerns associated with the consumption of genetically modified fish species include the level of antibiotics found in the farmed fish and the effects of the genetic modifications on allergies. Genetically modified salmon have already been found to receive more antibiotics by weight than any other species of livestock. The antibiotics used in the treatment of the fish have the potential to be toxic to humans or spark serious allergic reactions. It is a known fact that the use of antibiotics increases the resistance of bacteria to the medications, and this same idea applies to genetically modified fish. Widespread use of these antibiotics leads to resistance to antibiotics and bacteria found harmful to fish, and the same could be true of humans after ingesting the treated fish. The issue is that there is a significant lack of available data examining the effect of consuming genetically engineered fish on both the environment and human health. These factors should be examined closely prior to the GMOs being approved for commercial production. The political approach taken on the cultivation of genetically modified fish for public consumption has differed across the world. The EU has taken a strict stance on the matter in the past, essentially closing the market for genetically modified fish. However, there has been a shift more recently towards a more open stance with harsh regulations on its production and distribution within the jurisdiction. Similar are the stances of other countries, including China. As a top exporter of fish globally, China has taken many steps towards examining the issue of genetically modified fish, such as the creation of committees for the purpose of monitoring the development of the GMOs and examining the health and environmental risk associated with their production. In 2015, the U.S. FDA approved the first genetically engineered fish intended for public consumption produced by Aqua Advantage Salmon. This approval was given despite the opposition of countless voters, politicians, and environmentalists. The company receiving approval has other projects in the works seeking approval for other fish species, including tilapia and trout. Now that you have your fish prepped and ready to go, it is time to batter the nuggets. In a bowl or Ziploc bag, combine one part self-rising flour and four parts fine ground yellow cornmeal. The total amount of each needed depends on the amount of fish you are cooking. Start on the conservative side. You can always add more of both later. Batter each nugget generously and carefully fry them on the stove using vegetable oil. You will likely have to do a few rounds of the battering frying process to cook all of the fish. Looking forward to unfamiliar fish. Obviously, the topic of genetically modified fish is one that is hotly debated across the world for economic, social, environmental, political, and moral reasons. 
While there are significant economic benefits to its approval, the long-term effects of the development are cited as immediate concerns. It is unclear, as of now, which direction governments and various entities will take concerning the GMOs, but it is clear that more research needs to be done to test the long-ranging effects of both their cultivation and consumption prior to widespread political approval. In my opinion, the idea of genetically modifying fish as we have with a great deal of other important food sources has a lot of potential. As with other GMOs, the modified fish have the potential to bring a lot of benefit to society. The higher quantities of fish available for purchase could lower the prices for consumers, making accessible parts of a healthier diet that have previously could not be attained by people with lower incomes. It could also relieve a lot of the pressure from natural fish populations. If the genetically engineered fish could grow to be bigger, mature faster, and survive diseases that deplete the natural fish populations, it is possible that the demand for the engineered fish could lead to less overfishing in nature. Because of these potential benefits, I think it is worth brainstorming solutions for the drawbacks. One such solution is to breed the fish to be reproductively sterile. This would provide a safety net, so to speak, in case the engineered fish were to somehow be released into the wild. If the situation were to arise, the engineered fish would be unable to reproduce in the wild and the natural populations would be given a fighting chance at outliving the genetically modified breeds. This treatment, however, is not 100% effective. Therefore, I find it necessary to also impose strict regulations on the location and construction of the enclosures where the fish would be bred. The only way to be certain that the genetically modified fish can't outcompete the natural populations would be to ensure that the two never come into contact with one another. In terms of the health risks posed by the consumption of the engineered fish, I think that the best course of action would be a transparency requirement until more data can be collected. Companies breeding these fish should be required to disclose the nature and amount of the antibiotics used in the modification, as well as a warning that they could cause allergic reactions in some people. Until more research can be done on the long-term effects of the fish, we should proceed with caution into the waters of genetically modified fish. I think that when taken together, these policies could go a long way towards managing the risks associated with the engineered fish, but only time will reveal what the true cost-benefit analysis will look like. Now that we are finished with the discussion of the future of fish, it is finally time to enjoy fish in the present. Hopefully by now you are either finished working your batches of fish through the fryer or at least close to it. To complete the meal, I recommend pairing fish nuggets with cheese grits or hush puppies. Despite the politics surrounding the modernization of the fishing industry, I know this recipe will remain one of my favorites for years to come. However, I do plan to be more intentional with how I purchase fish to make sure I am supporting the industry in a way that promotes sustainability moving forward. I also challenge you to be more intentional in researching the products you're buying and to assess whether or not the messages sent by your shopping habits truly reflect your priorities as a consumer. Happy munching and happy fishing!